You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Storytelling very much builds cultures, right? So if you want a definition of storytelling, you know, story, a story, a tale is an encounter or a series related to events, experiences, or non-fictional. I mean, in, in formats of a memoir, a biography, news report, documentary, anything there. So this is a very standard definition of a story, a more maybe getting into the nitty gritty of what a story actually means, you know, stories are recognizable patterns and we find those, you know, those have, those have meanings. We use stories to make sense of the world for sure. And they are so powerful that we remember them. They're hardwired within our brains that we continue them. And so some of the earliest accounts of some of these stories, you know, can be seen just on drawings uh, dating back to 15,000 to, thir- to 13,000 BC. <laughs> I mean, the mediums change, of course, right? But stories are kind of the same. I mean, it really doesn't matter what we're talking about. We are passing on information in different formats. And they have certainly been the foundation, if nothing else, of our cultures. What are we, if nothing, just a, you know, made up societies based on stories, right? And especially in today's world, stories are being shared in, in the uh, digital age. And what does that mean for us? And what does that mean for brands? So stories create emotional connections. Uh, they transfer information. They strengthen and support our societies. They ignite action. They foster understanding. I mean, we could be talking about a- anything, a- any type of information, but stories are, are, are the foundations of our societies but they also make up, you know, how we interact with each other in the brand world as well. And brands, of course, use stories. So stories communicate promise. So in terms of brands, in, in, in the chat, what are some brands that you guys trust? What kind of brands do you like? Just put, just put them down. Any brands that you may like at all. Patagonia. Oh, yeah. Nice one. Nike. Bang on. Yep. They've been doing some, both of these brands have been doing amazing things during the uh, pandemic. Apple for sure. Big one. Tesla. Yes. In, in, interesting how that's going. Michael Jordan. I love that. I love that because Michael Jordan as a brand, right? There's nothing to say that you have to be a company to be a brand, but Michael Jordan donated a hundred million dollars to a charity. He is in, in and of itself an excellent him himself just as a sports brand, great, but he's doing a lot of other things too. Whole food foods market, yes, absolutely. Yeah, all all of these are great. You know, brands, brands tell story, right? Have a break, have a have a Kit Kat. I mean, I'm I'm Canadian. I know this brand inside out. I mean, it's pervasive, at the very least within North America, probably the rest of the Americas, if not the world. Nothing runs like a deer. I mean, you know, we, we all know who that's uh, attributed to, right? 
if you're thinking the golden arches, I'm loving it as old as time. Like that is just incredible. I mean, and McDonald's has been doing a lot of very in, in, interesting things in terms of brand too, but they've, but they've had to do that. The magic is here. Who can deny Disney? I mean, every time you see a mouse with ears, <laughs> what does that tell you? But ma magic is here has also been a very successful campaign that they've, that they've been running. Question, with, with Amazon, are, are, are brands under pressure? Absolutely. Yes, and, and we'll, we, we will certainly get to that. Don't buy this jacket, Catherine. Who, who's this, right? Patagonia. Of course I'm going to buy that jacket. You tell me not to buy a jacket, I'm, I'm going to go for that. <laughs> and, and very, very interesting. Very interesting. Nike, right? Brands have the power to influence us. They have the power to drive loyalty, to drive choice, and to drive premium. We'll get into that a little bit later on. Very incredible brands also take risks. And Nike is a very interesting example of a brand that took a side, a very contentious side, and they came out stronger, stronger than ever. So brands, although they tend not to get political, what's happened recently because of the pandemic is that we are putting a lot of ownership on brands to take that stand. That's absolutely correct. And the ones that do, that take a risk, see the benefits of that risk in strides. Now, not every brand can do this. Not every brand. Also remember, not, not every brand has to do this. You need to be very certain that whatever you're doing in terms of a campaign, a slogan, a, a pitch, a mission statement, a values, Anything that you do ties back to your brand. But Nike is one of those brands that, wow, you know, like I looked at what they were doing and went, ooh, super cool. So let's play a little game here. What brand is positioned for simplicity, creativity, humanity, and, and encourages their customers to think differently? This might be a little on the nose, but let's try it. If you guys have a response. Oh, that is correct. Think differently, right? Simplicity, creativity, humanity. I mean, very, very powerful stuff. Apple, at the end of the day, who can tell me what Apple really stands for? Is it their iPad? Is it their iPhone? Or is it the power for everyone to, you know, uh, to empower Change themselves? the world. Change the world, <laughs> stuff like that. Abso ab absolutely, right? But isn't that interesting that such a, powerhouse like Apple, who, by the way, is one of the world's most valued brands, as I think we all know, isn't it interesting that they take that brand positioning? They're not marketing their products, right? They are marketing their purpose. They're marketing their promise. Here's, here's another one. What brand wants to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time? This might be a good one. Starbucks? Starbucks? There you go, Starbucks. What does Starbucks really represent? Coffee? What do you think they're selling? They're not selling coffee. They're selling community. It's the experience, very similar to Apple. Apple doesn't sell products. If they did, they would go under. Their brand value has nothing to do with anything tangible in terms of, in terms of property and product. It is, they are selling something more. 
right? They're selling something that connects with people. Starbucks. So in terms of Apple selling, you know, convenience, empowerment, all of these things, app, um, Starbucks is really selling community, the ability to congregate with other people in the same space. What brand is on a mission to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more? Oh my gosh, so broad. <laughs> Who is this? Who's this one? Yo, okay, well guys, Microsoft. Mm, to empower that. every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Of course, computers revolutionized all of that, right? In fact, this particular slogan might have even be be confused with you know with something that Steve that Steve Jobs probably has said. That was his that was his vision too. He wanted to empower people with a computer to do anything to achieve anything. And now Scott mentions Apple is now a monopoly to pay little to no taxes, not being political, just a recent observation. Absolutely, in interesting thing about brands, right? And this is what got me about brands is that. Are they saints? Do they do everything right? The answer is no. But do they also do good things? The answer is yes. It is a mixed bag. Now, how we choose really to trust a brand based on that is whether we, you know, is the level in which we trust them, right? So there is, I mean, if you have an iPhone, I have an iPhone, I have a, you know, I have a MacBook. And so there is on a level, a lot of trust that I already give Apple, even though, to Scott's point, there are things that Apple can do a lot better. There's no question about that. Just because you love a brand doesn't mean you necessarily have to agree with everything they do, right? What brand spent millions a couple of years ago changing their tagline to let there be change? Oh, this will be interesting. And for those of you that think that B2B doesn't get in, in, in the space, it is not Google, Eden, but very, very good very very good guess it i remember when their tagline used to be don't be evil and it was very scary when they changed that one i was like oh no why are they changing that <laughs> i like it you know oftentimes brands are afraid to use humor which mm -hmm. I, I i think that's whittling away now but uh, they shouldn't because humor by the way is the number one reason that people will stick with a brand especially you know, when they're searching for things, they want that emotional connection. They want to be oh, entertained. Yeah. So humor Wendy's. is big. Wendy's. <laughs> there you go. So this is a very big B2B brand that I don't think many people are aware spent three to $5 million for this tagline. Accenture. Oh, yeah. Let there be change. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? But Accenture, interesting thing about this brand is that if you think Accenture is accounting, you haven't been paying attention for the last few years. Accenture is getting into everything, including entertainment. You know that the biggest accounts for the last two or three years, the companies and brands, the agencies to spend the most in terms of investment have been, the, have been companies like Accenture. They're getting into digital. Well, they've been in digital already for a number of years, but they're also getting into different things within that sphere. So they are growing their brand. Very interesting stuff. What brand states proudly that we're in business to save our home planet? I know someone that's going to like this answer. 
Who would that be? Eden Tesla, no good. You know what though? Yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot of these you can, right? A, a lot of these mission statements, taglines, brand positioning statements, you can attribute to more than one brand, can't you? But no, Patagonia. This is Patagonia's I, uh, positioning. I, I recruit, I, I recruit, recruit myself. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, Catherine. Look, Patagonia is an amazing brand. Oh, I, I love the stuff that they do. And it shows, and it's paying off in uh, dividends. Now, brands that invest, of course, into things like this are going to see the return, but it takes dollars. Don't, do not kid yourself. So, but the brands that do it correctly do see a return on investment. What about this one? What brand launched a campaign at the beginning of the year titled Open to Better, inspiring people to embrace change and pledge to do things differently in 2021? Anyone? Udi? No? That was just a it, correction, sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no worries. Uh, this is a brand we all know. This is a brand we've all consumed. Yep, Chaudhary, Coca-Cola. That's correct. Coca-Cola is an interesting brand. They're a very pervasive brand across the planet. Everyone knows this. I mean, in terms of brand recognition, awareness, presence, all of these factors, no one would mistake Coca-Cola for another brand. They are so out there. They are not without, however, controversy, right? And um, I'm, I'm perhaps preempting what someone else may say, whether it's, you know, caring for the planet, materials that they use, different things like this, right? So they're no saint either, but they are... And they are trying to do different things, but not out of the, you know, the kindness of their own heart because consumers demand it. And that's the main difference. So moving forward here, you know, brand trust drives loyalty. It doesn't matter if you're consuming a beverage, you're going grocery shopping, you're test driving your car, right? Or you're playing the latest game. The things that drive us to a brand to trust it are things such as quality, convenience, health, safety, purpose, and value. In fact, those four in, in an asterisk, oh, and of course, corporate social responsibility. Those four are the main attributes of why consumers trust and choose brands during the pandemic. This was a study done by Capgemini. Into the into in 2020. So, why we choose brands, right, is is because of all of these things. And I believe in 2021 and beyond, we're not out out of the pandemic yet. These will continue. But what is a brand, right? So a brand we all think of as the logo, as you know, a piece of writing, a tagline, something like that. And to be very frank with you. That's not incorrect. It's a part of it, but it's not all of it, right? So if, if we look at the American Marketing Association, a brand, and this is a very kind of static definition of one, a name, a term, design, symbol, or any feature that identifies one seller's good or service as distinct from those of other sellers. Kind of on the nose. Here's one by Seth Godin that I, th I think is great. 
A brand is a set of expectations, memory stories, and relationships that taken together account for a consumer's decision to choose one product or service over another. If a consumer, whether it's a business, a buyer, a voter, or a donor, doesn't pay a premium, make a selection, or spread the word, there's no brand value exists for that consumer. A very long definition, but a very interesting one. Here's one that I personally like. I'm partial to it because that's the um, interbrand was my first uh, role within an agency environment. A brand is a promise we make in the marketplace, which we deliver to our customers every day. Now, can you guys tell me what your definition of a brand is, if you don't mind putting it in the chat? Are all of these correct? Yes. You can take whatever you can from these definitions, and they are very, very broad. So brand strategy terms, there are a bunch of them. We can talk about brand architecture. So this is how brands are organized within a system. We can, uh, we can talk about brand positioning. So this is the distinctive space that a brand occupies relative to their competition and to other brands. Brand attributes. So these are the things that, you know, that we talk about um, that go into a brand. Brand awareness. You guys have heard brand awareness a lot if you're in marketing for sure. We're getting into brand equity. Brand equity is what the brand is worth. Now this is brand valuation. And we'll get into a little bit of that. Now, as I was doing research on, on this, I found a wonderful glossary. I have no idea who these guys are. Uh, brands by Ovo, but fan, there, there's a wonderful glossary here. I included the link and I can share this. I can share this deck with anyone that wants to please ping me after. So in terms of brand components, this is these are the things that that usually agencies will measure for the success of a brand, right? We're looking at understanding. This is an external trait. How much do people understand the brand? I mean, do we understand what Apple does? Do we understand what McDonald's does? Consistency. How consistent are they when you're ordering a Happy Meal, right? Is it, is it going to be the same thing each and every time? Is that experience going to be the same thing each and every, every time? What's their presence? So are they everywhere? Are they like a Coca-Cola? You see them everywhere. Are, are they like Google or Facebook, right? Protection is an internal trait. And protection talks about internally how much of the assets are protected, you know, from copywriting or things, or things of that nature. If there's proprietary technology, is that, is that protected? Data and privacy and things of that nature. Responsiveness. So responsiveness is an internal trait too that talks about does the leadership, is the leadership able to make changes when they have to, to understand their audiences, to pivot if they need to. Differentiation. This is an external trait. We look at this a lot. Every time we do a target, you know, every, every time we do a competitive analysis, we're thinking how do we differentiate our, ourselves? Differentiation also goes into a brand positioning exercise. We're trying to understand what makes us unique? What is our value proposition? What do we do that no one else does? Or what do we do better than anyone else does? Or both. Clarity. Clarity is an internal trait within the team. How clear are we about the brand itself, about the direction, the mission, the value of the, of the uh, brand going forward? Authenticity. This one's a big one, right? So people want to feel like their brand is not fake. That is absolutely true. And there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things happening in terms of technology 
that address this very directly. Uh, so if you're getting into blockchain technology and NFTs, authenticity, they're, they're trying to solve this, right? So how do we make sure that something is what it says that it is? So that this, has become more, this is becoming more and more of an interesting discussion with brands as well. So in terms of brand value, right? So there's a, there's a difference between the values of a brand and then some of them we just addressed, but what is a brand value in terms of brand equity? So a brand, very good brands drive choice. They also command a premium. I mean, these are very good brands and we're thinking the big ones, right? So Apple and all of these companies can do that. And they, maybe more importantly than not, foster loyalty. So if a brand can do all three, they are an incredible brand. Nike, Patagonia, Apple, these are all examples of companies that can do this. But in terms of how you calculate a brand, every agency will have a very different cal cal calculation. Normally what happens is they look at public fi financial statements. They take a look at the brand, the role of the brand within what, what they're doing and within their uh, marketplace. They also take a look at what the brand is doing in terms of their advertising and their marketing and how strong that brand is. And they calculate that into, into infinity or in, into the uh, future. So every, every house, every agency, including the big four, big five, have their own calculation on brand value. So best global brands. Let's take a little peek here. So last year, we saw that technology dominates. Apple, number one, Amazon, number two, Microsoft, number three. If we look at some other agencies, so one is from Interbrand, another from Brand Z, not that far, not that far different, right? But this year, kind of the same. Kantar showing Amazon as number one, Apple number two, Google number three, and Microsoft number four and brand finance closely behind. The top five are still, are still technology. And so it begs the question, right? These technology brands, how, how, how big are, are they growing? What is our relationship to them? Um, you know, and part of it, when you're calculating brand value, and I wanna be very, very clear, their stock, their stock valuation is something that they consider, but it is not the be-all and end-all of a brand of brand value and brand equity. So brands at the heart of the organization, I mean, why, why do we care about all, all of this? Why do we care about why Apple is valued so much? Why do we care about this stuff? Because brands typically have been within marketing, and they continue to do that. So if you see an organizational structure, normally brand will live somewhere within marketing. Uh, the CMO, the head of marketing will oversee brand. They're in larger orgs, there will be a head of brand for sure. Um, you know, and sales is here, yes, I, sales is here for sure too, but just um, not in this particular graph. But picture an organization where currently you know, brand, brand is with uh, marketing. For an organization to be incredible though, brand has to be a part of the organizational strategy. What do I mean by that? Everyone needs to understand it 
and whatever decision they make go back to brand, especially leadership. Um, and that's everywhere. So the reason for that is that brand nurtures customer experience, right? Let's take a look at this. So, I mean, for everyone, whether you're B to B or B or B or B to C, whether you're in the pre-purchase stage, you purchased and then post-purchase stage, brand touches all of these assets, social media, email, word of mouth, sales, uh, sign-up letters, customer service, forums, anywhere where you're engaging with a customer, everywhere that, an, that a customer engages you without you knowing about it, brand must be present. And that's why brand is very important. So in terms of brand marketing, right? People and purpose. We all, we all know the four Ps of marketing, but as Seth, as, Seth, as Seth Godin puts it, marketing is no longer about the stuff that you make, but about the stories that you tell. So when we're thinking about brand marketing, you know, we're thinking content plus SEO plus engagement. There are a whole bunch of ways that companies can do this. The organic content play, although it is a slow mover, and it, it may not garner the same results as, say, paid, you still, you still need it. And you can add paid to any one of these things too, right? You can boost anything with a campaign. But it's very important to get the content, the SEO, and the engagement, and then make sure that everything that's being outlined there goes back to brand. But there are a whole bunch of things that you can do here. Now, this is really tricky, right? So how do we how do we measure brand? Brand is one of those things that, again, I mean, people enjoy it, people like it, people talk about it, they know that they need it, they know there's value there, but how do you measure ROI on brand? There are a bunch of markers that you can use, right? So sentiment, social mentions, impressions, CPM reach, share of voice, consideration, purchase intent, bounce rate, conversion rate, cost of acquisition, you know, depending on the campaigns that you're running, customer life. Sorry to interrupt. Value. Yep. I have a question. Yes, I just, please. I just don't see here uh, brand searches, which to me was always the number one parameter to check and trends within the brand searches. Sure. What, what do you mean by brand searches? I'm sorry. Let's say Apple. So I can do, I can just track like the trends for Apple iPhone 14, for example, or Apple iOS update or whatever it is, but everything that includes the brand name plus product or reviews or whatever it is, it's very oh. trackable. And it's, it's always a good indication of further brand ads from the customer standpoint. Sure. So yes, you're, you're absolutely correct. Add that, add that to the list. And yes, you can certainly track brand that way. What I'm trying to get at here is that there are a bunch of things that you can track, but you need to tell a story when you're, when, you're, when you're doing it. So every time you build out a campaign, make sure that you build a story based on this, and then you can directly connect it to a output, uh, what we call an, uh, an output KPI, right? So if, if we're trying to grow top of mind awareness by 5%, what are the things that we need to do in terms of a campaign to bolster that, right? Is our campaign going to be on impressions and reach? Most probably. Are, are we going to be uh, looking at, you know, cost per ac acquisition? If, if it's a paid campaign, you have to. So there are, uh, there are a bunch of things that you can track here for sure. 
Um, but yes, to your to your point, very very rightly, any any research on you know how pervasive that brand is within the marketplace is absolutely true. Yes. Any more on these? So and yes, this this uh, framework is very familiar. I I took it from a deck that I did, and I'm not entirely sure who put this together. I really liked it though. I was like, oh, Avanish, this is great. Avanish Kashik is one of the head of analytics over at Google, and he has mm. this awesome uh, newsletter, which I would highly recommend to all of you guys. But he talks a lot about how to talk about your marketing metrics in a story way, because a lot of the time people will you know, present the data to their senior leadership team. And oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of inaction that happens. Yeah. Um, and so he kind of talks through why that happens and some strategies to work around that. So I don't know. I'm a fanboy of him, but I just had to drop that in. I, just, I put a link in the chat. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, to the point, this is oftentimes where brand, brand, brand strategy gets stuck is talking about it and showing that ROI. And so if you can build a story on all of these different things that we're measuring, but then connect it back to, you know, these main KPIs that we're trying to get at, that is, you know, the most effective way to do it. But uh, I, I will certainly check this out. So the future of brands is today, right? So, I mean, if, if we take a look at all of these technologies, that we think are going to change our lives in the future, we're already living in that world right now. So AI and machine learning, this will only become more pervasive throughout our societies. How brands use it to their advantage, they're already doing it now, right? So that's why I'm saying a, lo a lot of the stuff we're living through it, but the next 20 and 30 years will become, of course, more interesting once quantum computing kicks in. And you know we're going to see real AI and not just pattern recognition. Automation is a part of our daily lives, uh, as we all know. And brands, of course, use it to their advantage, right? So every time you know um, you see Netflix, and I'm, I'm sure you guys are all familiar with these little things. That every time you see Netflix and it's suggesting things that you may like, it's looking at patterns. Every time you go to Amazon, same thing. Uh, we're already living in this world, and it will just continue to rise. Data-driven hyper-personalization. So the more we get into personalizing you know, what a consumer wants based on what we understand in terms of their buying behavior, the more targeted these ads become. Yes, there's going to be disruption in different ways. Uh, of course, we've, we've already seen some happen now in terms of the I iOS uh, changes. That is stunting a little bit of what brands can do, especially on Facebook. I, I was running a paid Instagram and Facebook campaign, and I could only see you know, 30 or 40% of people being driven to a site. We had to get the rest of the information from that site itself to, to, you know, to put together that picture. So there is going to be a lot of interesting things happening with what brands can do here. It will only continue, but there will be little stints of these things in terms of marketing efforts. And, and that is solely because people want more privacy. This is an interesting place, blockchain decentralized platforms, right? So how do these affect brands? How do brands use them? How do brands play within them? And by the way, blockchain can be everywhere. So I'm not sure, you know, whether you're in crypto, whether you're in NFTs or you're starting to collect in NFTs, whether you're using them in gaming, 
So there are very interesting things happening with blockchain. How will that affect brands? How will that affect what brands can do and engage people? So interesting thing to see, remote working. So this may have been a bit of a glitch in time with what's happened with the pandemic, but there are a lot of studies that show that it has changed our behavior somewhat. At the very least, you know, going back to work and we all know there will be more hybrid solutions of whether you go into the office, whether you stay at home, but the remote working perspective or, or you know, that mode of working is within us. It has started us to look at work in many, in many different ways. How do brands associate with us being home? The digital play is on the rise. That's not going away anytime soon. So they're doubling down also on that. And of course, you know, changes from, from how we consume um, entertainment, right? So less in the advertising, traditional ad advertising dollars, and maybe more into social media. It just depends on how we're now consuming this information, and that just keeps evolving and changing. Cross-channel delivery. So again, how we, you know, how we engage with brands, and it could be, you know, what we have already in the works with Amazon uh, flying flying over us, delivering packages with drones. I mean, that's already here. Will it be even more pervasive? Let's see. Is there a need, you know, to do that across the board? Let's see. So there are a lot of ways that brands are using, of course, technology to better their experiences and promote their brands. So what is your brand? And in thinking about that, right, ask yourself these questions. So who are your audiences? I mean, the, the questions that we ask here are, you know, very similar to, you know, what you would ask when you're starting a business. So from startups to SMBs to enterprise level companies, these questions never go away. What is the problem you are trying to solve for them? How are you making their lives better? What does your brand promise? What value does your brand deliver? What is the mission of your brand? How is your brand positioned in the marketplace? Do your marketing assets connect with your audiences and brand? Does your communication reflect your brand promise and purpose? So I'm just gonna look at the chat feature here and, and kind of catch up. Does anyone have a, a question that they wanted to bring up? Just a quick I one. Yeah, Paul, please. Affair. Hey. <laughs> brother. How are you doing, brother? All good? Uh, good, man. Are we gonna, we gonna, should, let's have a conversation. Let's take over the session. No, let's not. Uh, Zoltz, yeah, no, uh, this is the perfect time to do it, Paul. <laughs> no, just a, just a quick one. I've been talking to a company here, and, I, and I'm looking at what they're doing. And obviously, we all know where, although not, not, not taken on yet, like, like most of this tech um, in the digital era, augmented reality. So... You know, I don't know how you guys feel, how that's been or can be used to close that loop between customer uh, sales, marketing, and service by uh, using augmented reality. They, they're still struggling. They, they're doing well, but they're still struggling to try because they've got to show, they actually got to show the client, you know, because some people on just on a demo think, oh, is that a video? And it's like, no, <laughs> because you can't really see the, the augmented reality. But anyway, I just thought, I wonder where you see that going uh, with, with, with branding and, and, and trying to uh, get a, a total experience is what, I, what I'm, a flywheel is what, uh, if you want to use so, words. Sure. So let me, let me ask a question there. Um, what, does, what, what is the company selling? So for instance, they would, 
like a Dr. Pepper. Have you guys, have you heard of Dr. Pepper? Yes. It's a, the, so uh, they, they basically designed a augmented reality where you put your phone to Dr. Pepper uh -huh. and a monster comes out of the Dr. Pepper and then you put two together and two monsters come out and uh, that's kind of, I mean, it's just a way to Interesting. So to it's use augmented, augmented, yeah, it's augmented re reality from the screen with a, with a yeah. glasses or, or how? Um, I think that they're just using the phone. Okay. So you look through the phone and it picks up the, uh, the, the, the key code or the um, whatever is on the can. Yeah, uh, the barcode. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then the the thing pops up. I mean, I think it's quite cool. I think there's it's like quite you can do so much with that. But anyway, so I'm di I, I'm digressing. No, 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 not at all. I think it's a fascinating space. I'm my response to that may or may not be a brand response. Have you guys mm -hmm. ever seen di digital art? So there's a there's there's an app that I have, and there are artists where you where you put the app on their art and it comes alive. Right, like, like, yeah, like it yeah. goes like this. Right, I think that's a. That I'm totally into that. Uh, it's I'm a totally into that. It's, it's a, uh, they have it on CNN, so they should. Yep. There's some some guys in Africa that are doing it as well. Um, I can't remember the country, but it's getting. It's like what you mentioned. What's that artwork again? You mentioned the word. It doesn't. Where so what people were doing is it's also dangerous because what you it's can do. Yeah, you can put code behind a picture. Right, and you can use it for good or for bad. You know, you know where I'm going. So, so, what I find interesting about that is that a it it changes the medium of how people experience things, right? So, and at the same time, you know, you now have a digital component to something that might be physical. Here's where an NFT might come in to to further bolster that. that if <laughs> if you're asking me what the future is scraping the surface we're, we're not even close to what the what the uh, potential is the nft market and nfts were brought in i, I mean it's, it's 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 essentially taking a piece of creative whatever that is right uh, it could be a song it could be a piece of art it could be a three million dollar tweet by jack dorsey who 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 pays three million dollars for a tweet but people people do and the reason for that is collectibles will never go away. People like to collect things, but they want it. They want to know that it's real. So the experience of it is one part is, oh my God, I can experience it this way, right? Yes, brand the whole bit. Another thing is, oh, technology now helps to make it authentic. You can't replicate that, right? Now there are things you can replicate and things you cannot. But it's like taking what Andy Warhol did, right, and doing all of these paintings, and now you're just di you're di you're digitizing that, right? But you get to choose whether you want that one just to be that one, right? It it, it, it can't be something that's very unique. So I'm not sure I'm answering your question. Brand is all over what you just said, and I think it I th I think it boils down to the experience that they're creating for their audience. What's what what is that like? And that's the best way. That's why I put in customer experience because the way your customer interacts with your brand, you know, tells you so much, and and you you learn so much about how they right. Your the message that they're trying to portray may not be coming across that way. They they really have to dig deep in 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 into how they're presenting it, right? Or and if they're presenting it to the right people and what they're doing with their messaging, their uh, communication. So it's a bit of an analysis work. 
to look at it, but I'm very bullish on it. So I'm not sure if that answered your question, but. Zoli, first off, awesome presentation and a lot of really awesome knowledge. And it's definitely oh, thanks, take me a little bit to digest it. And it's a lot of info, but I wanted to like give it to you guys at a high level. There's, there's like, we could go into so many pieces of this in depth and I apologize if there was information you guys were looking for. It, impossible, right? Like to put it all uh, together. Plus, I wanted the opportunity to talk to you guys. So, yeah, yeah. No, so, like I said, I'm almost a little overwhelmed by all this stuff. And I wanted to ask yes. you, you know, if I am going to, after I end this, you know, we hop off this meeting, like, yeah. what's the takeaway? What should we do? What What do you think is worth diving into on our own or having conversations about with each other later? Or 100, 100%. I think you walking away from this. I hope you walk away with a different view of brand and brand strategy. So when you look at your company, right? Is your, is your company, does your company have that framework? Does it have a brand positioning? Is it communicating their brand promise to, their, to, to your clients? It doesn't matter whether you're in sales or marketing. I approach every engagement starting off with brand especially if it's a marketing thing, right? So like I, I, I take a look at those, I take a look at those things. So brand is so brand is very pervasive and it, and it goes beyond the logo. It goes beyond the tagline, but does, so do, like does your brand have that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Please go, go through an audit of the stuff that you shared and be like, okay, do we have, have we thought about this? Yes, no. And go through like that and then bring that into, you know, future campaigns or conversations or, as we're growing the company, trying to figure out, hey, does this align with our values? Correct. I mean, think of it from a sales perspective, right? So if you have BDs that are communicating certain things to clients, but it is not at all what the brand is about, that's something you may want to look at. If you're running a campaign and that campaign misses the mark of what your brand is trying to say, well, you know, maybe go back and uh, do it. Do you need influencers? I don't know. What's your brand? I mean, do, does an, do influencers tie in with your brand? Are they going to communicate what your brand promise is all about? It's, it, it's like, it's, it's kind of a bit of a decision tree, right? Whenever you look at things from a brand perspective, you're looking at it from, is it authentic to who we are? Is it authentic to what we're trying to do? Is it authentic to, to, to our to serving our audiences, right? It's almost a gut check a little bit, you know? And then you can whittle it. I mean, you can get very, like there are management, there are multi-million dollar um, management consulting brand exercises that you can do to get everything from a tag to the right tagline, to the right mission statement, to, to a positioning, to the architecture. And that information also helps to communicate your visuals right so there's the verbal I, I what we call the verbal identity and then the visual identity too and so getting the strategy right helps to inform all of that so yes to the yes to the audit i think is a few things that you can do just think of your company as a brand and then think of it that way um, so i'm hoping that's what the takeaways here if you guys have any questions about you know, how do we do this type of exercise or, or, you know, what's a cool agency that we can work with, or, you know, we're not sure if, if, if we're in the right space anymore, we, we, we want to understand that, or, or we need a refresh of some kind or a rebranding. If you have any of those questions, please let me know. That's I have all. a question, Zoli. Yeah, man. Tell me, because like we're all going through this process of defining our messaging and fine tuning it and 
thinking it all aligned with the brand strategy and brand identity. Now, how would you suggest kind of internally reviewing it? Meaning, how do we know that we're doing the right thing rather than tracking, like like you said, like metrics that reflect how the brand is is actually impacting customers? It's a it's a very it's a very good question. I think you so the the exercise itself would be an internal discussion to understand what we think of the brand. Start with your leadership and then get everyone in a room, either virtually or physically, and then talk about, hey, what does everyone think of this brand? What are the attributes? I'll give you an example. So Patagonia, uh, here are the values that I think. So it's, it's goodness for the planet, blah, blah, blah. And there might be someone else that says similar things, but different. Then you start asking different questions, such as what is it that, how are we different? How, like what, what do we do really well? How are we different, right? So there's a lot of internal dialogue that you have to get with the leadership. What you'll find is you may get 10 different answers. Isn't that interesting? Well, here we're working for the same company, but I think, I think we're doing, you know, I think we're doing professional services and, and, and we should be focused on digital. And three people are like, forget that, man. I mean, what our, our, our bread and butter is marketing and sales and sampling. That's interesting. So it sounds very like we're, we're just doing a business audit, but it is brand because you're taking a look at, well, here are what internally we're thinking. So you start in internally having those conversations. If you're seeing a discord, like if you're seeing five I'm, people I'm say a, I'm different things. I'm big on discord. I'm very big on discord. That's okay. But do we then, okay, if we feel we're going in, if, if people think that the company is going in different directions, that's not necessarily an unhealthy thing, but it's good to know. How are we unified then? What unifies us? How are we different? Are the differences stark where we really need to then further examine, oh, wow, maybe this is a pivot moment. Should, should we be thinking of going here or there? That's the interesting thing about brand strategy that, that many people miss, right? Because the strategy component of it is business strategy at the end of the day, but we're tying it back to the brand. So you can have dissension, you can have differences of opinion, but if there's like very stark differences of opinion on the direction that it's going, that's different, right? So you start internally and then you assess externally. What do your clients think of you? What's the feedback? What are the traits that they think that you have? You get all these data points together. And I'm roughly telling you what a brand positioning exercise looks like. You get these data points uh, together and then you analyze them. And then you start to make, you know, you start to make sense of it, right? So, and then from there, you then can devise different things like a mission statement or a tagline or, or, or different verbal I identities there. So that's a very good place to start is internally. Does that answer your question? Somewhat answer it. I mean, I'm coming from more of an advanced position where the brand exists, like brands are existing that have real clear definition from the customer standpoint. But I mean, I'll just give you an example. Let's say I have ownership and, you know, like you said, leadership dictates pretty much everything that happens from culture to branding and everything that happens. And you have very different personalities throughout the leadership team. And this impacts how the brand looks perceived because 
one one stakeholder is more focused on customer service and this is where there is brand and butter and you know how brand customer service is impactful on branding yes and one one stakeholder is more focused on messaging and brand and marketing and you see that disconnect and the way that two people see differently the brand and how that impacts the entire branding so, yeah, so, so to me, the, biggest, the biggest challenge here is kind of yeah i can go to a brand auditing and get a document that costs us 20k and then we can all be aligned under one umbrella and and do the things right but i mean my question how can you do that internally when people see things differently yeah zoli if i if i may jump in here for you yeah for one thing I've, I've experienced is that bringing in an expert especially who's not part of the organization is a very critical move to branding success and oftentimes the skill set you're looking is not just branding it's also moderation how to control and hold the, the stakeholders how to get a decision made how to agree disagree how to keep the project evolving is really critical because very soon you reach a point where you're headbutting each other there are two strong three strong candidates in the room they none of them want to agree to each other it's a matter of ego now and so there's a lot of moderation effort and skill set that comes into play but again very few small or medium sized enterprises ever have the skill set to really do all of this and pretty dominantly you would always have a very strong inside out view but you would never have an outside in view coming so experts hiring somebody is really worth the investment yeah hear you out i have another question to make it a little more complicated if you don't mind because oh sure i love in, i, I love complicated brand experts okay and and yeah. i'm speaking from experience i brought in yep and one stakeholder goes with this the other stakeholder goes with this this is like kind of but they don't understand the brand well enough you know what i mean like you can get these challenges in incorporating brand like i'm not brand strategist i'm just saying that i'm 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 growth marketer by like in every cell of my heart but i mean i'm seeing that in real life because everybody has their own agenda of what's the brand and i mean yeah i can pay someone outside but but i still need to pitch it internally and make it happen Right. So I'm going to okay so first off thank you for um sorry who who was the who who was the Zoe. gentleman that uh, a great that presentation. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, th thank you guys. Um do we still have time or does does everyone have a hard stop right now? We've got about 2 minutes left. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um thank you for the previous comment yes about having an independent consultant to come in. It helps they are not invested emotionally nor anything else with the brand so they can be somewhat of an honest ar 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 arbiter looking at this whole thing yes it works but i think ofir to your to your to your comment how do you how do you bring people together that have such different views is is that the is that the is is that the crux of the question that no, you're just, i just shared with you like an experience of previous brand i managed where yeah we brought two brand uh, advisors like yep third parties that assess the brand and kind of connected with all departments of the company yep. but still the implementation was done for internal teams the decisions were done and made by stakeholders and in fact situation remained the same because nobody like and this and this I just reached out to you on LinkedIn maybe you can help me in this one and this one sure yeah 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 but, so, but I mean, I'm speaking from real-time experience that like we tried, we brought someone to the table, beautiful presentation, great copy, great design, love it, color palettes, but it's not, it's not making, it's not happening. Okay, okay, so okay, now I think I I, I understand. 
you can be a consultant, come in and put together, like what you say, a wonderful deck with a great strategy. But the real issue is how do we implement that, right? And that is a different question. That, that's a, how do we then hand this off and then make sure that we activate internally the leadership to do it? In order for change more, to happen, everyone- Closing yeah. the gap, I'm sorry to interrupt, but closing yeah. the gap between like, as a third party, you have your agenda, let's say it fits uh, two thirds of the ownership, but how do you close the gap between the ownership as a third party that comes in? And internally, like if you try to close that, immediately you take on an agenda within the within the stakeholder scene. You know what I mean? So it's like this is where I'm confused because branding is so inherited in the personalities that structure the brand. Yeah. So I think it depends on how that handoff happens. So there are consultants that come in, will make the presentation, get alignment, and then leave it to the leadership to do something with it. Normally, that's what happens. There, there are some that might, you know, put something in place where they're kind of helping along the way. So it's not just the strategy, but it's also the execution piece of it. And branding is as much a, an or, organizational transformation as and and anything else. It's very, it's very complicated. And the larger the company, the more complicated it becomes, depending on what you're on what you're trying to do. But the thing that you need to take away is there, and I, I'm not sure how this engagement sussed out, but you have to get alignment from the leadership. And then from there, it just depends on how they execute it. So I don't know if this was a failure in alignment, a failure in execution, a failure in follow-up. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but if you want, we can certainly talk a after it. I mean, it sounds like a fascinating uh, uh, well, thing, man. Well. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.